0: Welcome to the Monday, February 25th edition of Snoozecast, where we take an in-depth look at the state news's biggest stories of the week, while bringing new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them. I'm copy editor McKenna Ross.
1: And I'm city reporter Edwin Jaramillo. Attorney General Dana Nessel says MSU officials still haven't given thousands of documents to the state investigation into the university's handling of Larry and Hassar. That story, East Lansing City Council activities and updates in MSU's environmental projects in today's episode. From Michigan State's independent student voice, this is Snoozecast. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel gave a public update about some of her office's biggest investigations on February 21st. This included new information concerning MSU's handling of Larry Nassar's sexual abuse. Cops and Courts reporter Anna Nichols attended Nessel's press conference. Thanks for coming on today, Anna.
2: No problem. Thanks for having me.
1: Anna, Nessel is continuing the same criticisms of the MSU administration's handling of the investigation. What are some of the things Nessel is saying about MSU's response?
2: Like you said, she's echoing what has been said by the Attorney General's office for months now. Back in December, um, Attorney General Special Prosecutor William Forsyth said MSU is stonewalling the investigation, and Nestle's now saying that MSU is not living up to their responsibility or their obligation to be transparent. They're not giving up the um, couple thousand documents that the Attorney General has inquired about.
1: Nessel is also assuming supervision of the John Getter investigation. For our listeners, who is John Getter, and why is this important to Nassar survivors?
2: John Getter is a USA Olympic gymnastics coach. He's also the founder of Twistars Gymnastics Club, where Nassar treated young athletes. Many survivors said they were abused at Twistars, and that John Getter was compliant, or even in one case, one woman said that Getter walked into the room when she was being abused. He's been accused of mentally and physically abusing his athletes at his club.
1: Where are Dana Nestle's next steps?
2: Nestle's next steps are continuing the court cases of the three MSU employees that have been charged in the investigation, being Luana K. Simon, William Strandvall, and Kathy Clegus. Also, there was two complaints filed last week for two athletic trainers from MSU, who are still employed at MSU.
1: Thank you for coming on today, Anna. No problem. Thanks
2: for having me.
0: There have been quite a few city updates this past week, ranging from transit legislation to medical marijuana dispensary regulations. City Desk Editor Maxwell Evans is here to talk about these recent city updates. Hi, Maxwell.
3: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Can you talk a little bit on the ordinance on electric vehicle charging stations?
3: Yeah, so the East Lansing Planning Commission has recommended that the City Council pass a law to require new developments to include one electric vehicle charger for every 50 parking spaces. Now, the commission debated whether the requirement should apply for businesses too, and they determined that it shouldn't. They, uh, the commission only recommended it after the requirement on businesses was removed, but Mayor Mark Meadows said businesses would benefit from being close to the chargers and a resident testified at the commission that she regularly checks out the shops that are nearby whenever she parks her cars to charge. So it'll be interesting how to, uh, to see how council takes the commission's recommendations into account.
0: The city council has taken up another transit topic. Can you also talk about the new scooter company, Spin, that wants to come to East Lansing?
3: Yeah, so after Bird and Lime showed up in the fall, a third scooter company is looking to hit East Lansing streets. SPIN, which was bought by Ford late last year, is looking to expand into its 10th city, East Lansing. But unlike Bird, which just kind of showed up one day, SPIN's company policy is quite different. Um, they're not going to arrive until the city works out a series of scooter regulations, and high on their wish list is a cap on the number of scooters and scooter vendors in the city, which they say would prevent an oversaturation of the market. Um, But yeah, with the winter weather hopefully leaving us really soon, um, spring could arrive with plenty of options for scooter riders in the city.
0: Moving on to something a little different, what's the latest on East Lansing's medical marijuana dispensary regulations?
3: So this gets pretty sticky, I'll try and hash this out. Four applicants (laughs) are aiming to open a medical marijuana dispensary along three blocks of East Grand River Avenue, which is a pretty prime location for the student population. And thanks to some pretty hardball tactics by one of those applicants, the Planning Commission is recommending some changes to the city's medical marijuana licensing laws. Um, Right now, dispensaries can't be within a thousand feet of another dispensary or liquor store, so one of the applicant's ABCD Properties, which is looking to open a dispensary at 1108 East Grand River, is almost finished with the state's licensing process to open a liquor store at that location. Uh, They're pretty likely to get that license, which would automatically disqualify everyone else's applications in that area. Uh, The competition says that that's a move made in pretty bad faith. They're saying ABCD doesn't really care about the liquor store, but just wants a way to stave off competition for the dispensary license in that area. Even Mayor Meadows said that the liquor store would be a, quote, poison pill for the other applicants. So the Planning Commission recommended changing the distance requirement to 500 feet instead and eliminating any required distance from liquor stores.
0: And what kind of impact will those changes have?
3: So removing the liquor store distance requirement would level the playing field a little bit, but even so the race is on to be the first dispensary to get a permit in that area. Even with a new 500 foot requirement, three three applicants are targeting locations that would still be too close to each other meaning the first one to get a permit there would prevent the other two from opening in their planned locations. There is a fourth applicant targeting a spot on East Grand River that would be boxed out under the current 1,000-foot rule unless they got the permit first. But if the 500-foot rule went into place, then they'd be in the clear to operate regardless of how the other three shook out. So as you can see, it's a pretty super complex process, and uh, you'll notice this is all for medical marijuana, which was legalized more than a decade ago and not recreational weed legalized in November. So just expect things to get crazier and crazier as these recreational rules start to join the fray.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for talking to us, Maxwell.
3: Thanks for having me on.
1: Recently, the state news reported on a plan to install three new engines in Michigan State's central supplier of power and on the plan to construct a $11 million, 150-foot diameter biodome greenhouse near the center of campus. On top of covering academics, Claire Moore has made it a point to seek out science, environment, and technology-related stories at MSU. Hi, Claire. Hey, Edwin. Tell us about your latest piece. What are the benefits of installing these three engines to the TB Simon power plant?
4: So this is part of MSU's plan to reduce carbon emissions uh, from the university. In 2016, the power plant stopped using coal and decided to switch over to natural gas. And installing these new engines will allow MSU's uh, infrastructure planning and facilities to update some of the decades-old infrastructure at the plant and make things essentially more efficient along the way. Um, The engines specifically will work in tandem with the plant's uh, boilers to distribute heat and steam around campus like they've been doing for decades.
1: As for the Biodome, what progress has the Student Greenhouse Project made so far in constructing it?
4: So this idea to build a Biodome greenhouse on campus has been around since about the late 90s. Uh, The Student Greenhouse Project specifically has been kind of the driving force behind that. Um, A Kickstarter for initial funding for this project opened up on February 21st, so fairly recently, and that's already gained a lot of donations so far. Um, Students with the project hope to get that funding and then take their plan to the MSU Board of Trustees for approval before the end of this year.
1: Uh, What do you hope to cover next?
4: So covering an academic speed has been really cool so far, especially incorporating these science, tech, and environment related stories. And I want to keep up with reporting specifically on research that's coming from the university. So you can expect updates to the pieces that I've already reported on, plus more environment, science, and tech-related stories in the future.
1: If you're interested in science, environment, and technology, I highly recommend keeping up with Claire's reporting. Thank you, Claire.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: A look ahead to this week's news. A Michigan State staffer will have a pre-trial hearing Wednesday after police say he collided with a moped while driving a salt truck on campus in January. 22-year-old Adam Young was charged with a misdemeanor moving violation causing death. He faces a maximum penalty of a year in prison and a $2,000 fine if convicted. Follow Cops and Courts reporter Anna Liz Nichols on Twitter at Nichols and at The S News Wednesday for live court updates.
1: Thanks for listening to this newscast, where the state news takes an in depth look into the biggest stories while bringing new perspectives from the reporters who wrote them.
0: You can find us on Twitter at TSNcasts and at PS News, on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com forward slash state news, and always online at statenews.com. Make sure you check out Snoozic, the new state news music review and news podcast hosted by Matt Schmucker and Jameson Draper, coming out this Tuesday.
1: And if you're still looking for housing for the next school year, pick up our Spring Housing Guide Thursday, February 28th.
0: I'm copy Editor McKenna Ross.
1: And I'm City Reporter Edwin Jaramillo.
0: Tune in after spring break for more insights into our biggest stories.